This is the Full Port Podcast with Josh Howard and Nate Wyatt, brought to you by T.P. Howard's Plumbing. Hey, this is Josh Howard, T.P. Howard's Plumbing. There's nothing worse than a plumbing emergency. Today we have Otis Chestnut, and I just learned his name was Otis, not Otis, two T's. Two T's. Two T's. And then, so we call him Duff. Duff, tell us why we, why we call you Duff. <laughs> um, in uh, 75, that would be 1975, um, my mom was a big baseball fan, and there was a uh, player that played for the New York Mets, and his name was Duffy Dwyer, and she knew that I was going to go through hell with a name like Otis uh, growing up, so she slapped me with Duffy, like that's any better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Duffy. But, I've, but I've grown with it, both of them. Made me a mean kid for a while. You had to be. <laughs> uh, so you've been here almost two years. And yeah. the last year you've spent down at, what, what's the name of the hotel? Uh, it will be the Radical Hotel in the uh, River Arts District. Um, six stories. Two, one restaurant, four bars. Um, it's a hundred-year-old building. It's the old Kent building. Um, it, it actually turns a hundred this year and, um, it's an oddly shaped building too. There's not, there's not one right angle in the entire building. So nothing square, nothing square at all. So it's been fun to say the <laughs> least. <laughs> so where'd you grow up? I grew up in Wilmington, North Carolina, um, where you went to college. Yeah. Uh, I grew up there. Um, back then, Wilmington was very small, maybe 70,000 people. Um, you could go to the beach and enjoy it. Uh, you could get across town in 20 minutes. <laughs> now there's like, I don't know, maybe around 300,000 people crammed into that small area. So you cannot enjoy the beach. Uh, and it takes you about two hours to drive. 30 miles. Yeah, from, so the, towards the end of college, I lived in Monkey Junction. And to one get of the to, greatest places on earth. Yeah. To get to UNC Wilmington, it took me, I don't it's not far, I don't know how far it is, but it's not far. Yeah, it maybe seven miles. 45 minutes. Yeah. Away. Oh, yeah, man. Wow. Whenever I grew up, <clears throat> College Road yeah. uh, was a two-lane road. Oh, wow. In Wilmington, uh, and it drove by the college. I think the college was built in like 78 or something like that, late 70s, maybe early 80s. Um, but it was a two-lane road with nothing but pine trees on either side. And I think the only thing that was there back then was that Hardee's. That was the only 24-hour place in town beside the college. Um, so whenever you would leave the... Uh, establishments and and go and get some some you know midnight meals or whatnot you would you literally hang out there for three hours waiting on food because <laughs> everybody else in town because it, wilmington's kind of unique because we had the uh downtown which is on the riverfront and then also the beach so you had two different areas um that you know had all kinds of entertainment uh bars and whatnot and um and there was only one place that stayed open 24 hours to get food, and it was a Hardee's. So you can imagine everybody went there. Right. Yeah. So where'd you grow up in Wilmington? 
What part of Wilmington? Um, I grew up. Let me see. When I was about, we I grew up. The first place we lived was in Forest Hills, uh, which is right in the, I guess the suburban downtown area. Um, and then my parents got divorced. I think I was like seven or eight, something like that. Um, my dad moved to the north side of town out near Laney High School. Well, actually, my dad's house was probably less than a football field away from the house that Michael Jordan grew up in. And uh, that was total country back then. There was nothing but agriculture out there. There was, there was pine forests and cornfields, and that's the only thing that was out there. And it was, it's like maybe a mile or two away from the airport, right. Wilmington okay. to the airport. Yeah. And then my mom <clears throat> uh, lived on the, uh, the south side um, near like two or three blocks away from Legion Stadium. Yep. Remember where that's at? Yep. Um, and that was a family house that my grandmother grew up in. So it was, um, it was on the corner of Northern Boulevard and Carolina Beach Road. And um, so back in the day, um, that was a very prominent neighborhood. Uh, they're trying to build it back up now, but it's like every other, every other town. You know, the, the rich old areas, they... You know, they get, they fall to pieces and then, you know, and then 60 years later, they try to bring them back to glory. So that was kind of how it was back then. The South side was kind of rough back in the day, uh, whenever I grew up down there. Um, but, uh, and then after that, I left Wilmington whenever I was, before I was 20, I got on with a plumbing company and, and did some traveling around the United States doing plumbing, um, and then would come in and out of Wilmington. And, uh, <clears throat> and during that period of my life was kind of a dark time. I got into a lot of trouble from 15 to 20. I probably did everything I could to ruin my life, <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, yeah, but I survived. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, Wilmington was awesome back in the day. Um, it was small beaches were nice. Um, and there, and there wasn't that many people around, but now, it's like a nightmare when I go down to visit my family and stuff like that in the holidays. It's like, give me a break. You can't enjoy any of it anymore. Yeah. No, it was, when I was, we were there, I was there, you could still drink on the beach. All right. And then by the end oh, yeah. of college, yeah. you couldn't drink on the beach anymore. Right. So it was like, yeah. uh, we're not going back. Yeah. We're not going back to the yeah. beach. Yeah. You know, then the only place we started going down to Carolina Beach. Mm hmm. And driving out on the oh, beach. Oh, the boardwalk. Oh, yeah, out on Fort Fisher. Yeah, yeah that was Fort and Fisher. Then the, yeah. And then the the north end of Carolina Beach. That's right. There was two separate places you yeah. could drive out we on the beach. We used to go to Fort Fisher and watch, walk the jetty and then go drive on the other end and build campfires. Mm-hmm. It, was, I mean, it was super fun. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, then when I was there, too, you go across the bridge in downtown, there was nothing. You know, you cross that bridge yeah. going down, yep. going south, and there was nothing. Absolutely I went back, nothing. I don't know, a couple of years ago, and there's golf courses, housing developments everywhere. Yes, that's, um, yeah, as soon as you cross the river, you're into Brunswick County. Yep. Which is kind of like the, uh, it's the bastard in North Carolina. Um, anyways, but um, yeah, there was nothing in Brunswick County, but now it's because of taxes, you know, yep. Wilmington taxes, everybody started moving into Brunswick County and it developed, it blew up crazy. It blew up, yeah. And, uh, and what used to be, you know, like literally a five-minute drive turned into an hour. 
We used to you go from Myrtle Beach, you know, if we went to Myrtle Beach quick. Yeah. Now it's no, yeah. you can't do that. Yeah, no, you can't do that at all. Then I had a lot of the buddies that stayed in Wilmington have all moved up near Topsail now. Yeah, that's right. Actually, yeah. my sister lives up there now. Yeah, and it's still it's still pretty small. And- yeah, Topsail is still small. It's just because there's no more space to build on. You know what right. I mean? Like once you cross either the North or South Bridge to go on a Topsail Island, there's there's literally like literally nowhere else to build. Um, so um, it, it's still very small and, um, she actually, my sister bought a house that was on the beach and, um, actually no, the house was free. It was the like 20 grand to pick up the house, put it on a trailer and drive it across the sound or the waterway, um, and put it on, you know, her property. She got some acreage just <laughs> wow. in and, and put it there. And then they remodeled the entire house. Wow. And they just wrapped that up too. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So you got what? How many kids? Four total. Four kids. Yeah. I have a son that is 30, um, a daughter that is 25. And a daughter that is 13 and a daughter that is seven in seven days. And they're the two that live at home. Right. So how'd you meet your wife? Um, I moved back, uh, at one of the times I had moved back to Wilmington, um, I moved back out west uh to stay with a friend of mine in san diego and um i at that time i needed like a quick job it was like a spur of the moment move so i went to work at a restaurant and um my my wife actually handed me the application to that restaurant and so i started working there and we hung out and then um we just we hung out for about a year and dated for a year and then we um eloped in vegas wow with elvis no not with elvis it was actually with a uh it was with a um it was like a korean run hawaiian motif uh chapel there in vegan in vegas <laughs> the first person I met that was married, actually married in Vegas. And I know, I mean, there's always stories about it. Like, mm-hmm. it's a place to get married, but you're the first person I've ever met. Yeah. It's, um, like, we didn't do the, you know, like the flashy stuff. We just, you know, we we walked into the court courthouse and, and signed some papers, got our marriage license, walked down the street. There's just one area near the courthouse that's all there is in Vegas is chapels. Like every lining all the blocks, you know, for like a two or three block radius, nothing but chapels. And you just like walk around and you got all these people. They have this thing in Vegas where they can't, um, with their advertising on the street, they can't, they can't speak to you. So they have these flyers and what they do is they just kind of pop them. They just take, it's like a piece of paper and they just whip it in the air real fast. So it kind of makes a popping sound to get your attention. And then they hand it to you. Or they just walk right up to you and hand it to you, and uh, and so we had like this whole stack, and then we just went to like the street corner and like went through the stack and was like, oh, this looks pretty cool. 
And then we went in there and got married. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So one of the unique things about this podcast is that Duff and Mark Starling have known each other for a long time. Yeah, about 16 years, actually. Mark was the very first person that I met whenever I moved to Lakeland, Florida from San Diego. So I'm going to give the microphone to Mark and y'all can. Uh... What do you want me to do? <laughs> well, there's a lot of stories we can't talk about. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yes, I'm sure. Um, um, classic. We met in a bar. Yeah. It was a, it was an awesome little Irish bar, Molly, uh, McHugh's, Molly McHugh's Irish pub, and uh, rest in peace, Jerry. Yeah, and uh, that was the owner. Um, I believe we were drinking uh, Guinness and Jameson shots, if I'm not mistaken. Probably, which probably devolved into God knows what. But. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we just started talking. I think there may have been a hockey game or something on TV. And that's probably what sparked our conversation so. between each other at the bar. Um, and uh, just getting to talking to him, he was just like, man, I coach a local rec hockey team. <laughs> and I'm like, you're kidding me. Uh, I was like, that's amazing because, I mean, that's pretty much the only sport I really cared about. You know, it was hockey. I like to play it. Uh, I like to watch it. Football is boring. Basketball would be awesome if they could hit each other. You know what I mean? If it was a physical game. People are like, basketball is physical. I'm like, no, there's no blood. Oh, they have all their teeth. You know what I mean? So that's not physical. It's for rookies. You barely touch them and it's a foul. Yeah, yeah, It's exactly. for rookies. Yeah, yeah. Rookie so, sport. Um, but then, uh, so we, I started, you know, coming out to the, his practices and games and stuff. And we coached the team together and. We won a championship too. We did win a championship. That's right. We did yeah. win a championship in that league. It was yeah. high school, high school age kids. Yeah, I think well, we had like thirteen to seventeen year olds or something <clears throat> I think like so. that, which I think was so. pretty much birth control. It just made sure I never wanted to have kids <laughs> after I had to deal with those kids for like three months. Yeah. When their parents would come pick them up and be like, "Oh, thank God, may God have mercy on your souls because your children are awful. <laughs> like <laughs> they don't <Yeah>. listen. Yeah. <laughs> They're horrible." There's always those little I think we ended up turd kids out there. I think we ended up at a Dave Mason concert at some point in time too, if I'm not mistaken, at the at the Civic Center. Oh yes. Yep. I think we could see Mark worked at the radio station there in town. So anything that happened at the convention center, Mark <laughs> had tickets. That's it. So, it, I mean, we went to like arena football games, you know, those like yeah. 50 yards, you know, like violent, you know, football <laughs> games that they would do. Um, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I actually walked the stage with my nursing degree in that same building. The the uh, I guess it's the RP Funding Center now. I, I think, think so. I, back then it was just the Lakeland yeah. Civic Center. The Lakeland like Center. Yeah, yeah, Lakeland Center. Yeah, yeah. The most memorable story though is probably uh, it was a testament to friendship. <laughs> to be, I had this I had this hundred and twenty five pound Rhodesian Ridgeback dog. George. His name, his name was George. Didn't he like anybody. hated everybody, but he liked Duff. And he liked Duff's wife. Somewhat. He just didn't bite me. Right. Yeah. Maybe that was probably that was it, more. But he would get up in your face and he'd just be like, I'm going to mess you up. If you move wrong. I mean, yeah. he was so intimidating. Yeah. And I grew up with big dogs, like, you know, Rottweilers and 100 pound labs, you know, Dobermans, all that. 
Um, but yeah, I came home from, I think it was work one day and I got to the front door and I didn't even have to put the key in it. There was a smell emanating from the house and I knew what had happened. Like the dog had obviously crapped in the house and I opened the door to find out that the dog had been laying in the middle of the sofa and just erupted from both ends and sprayed everything. <laughs> One end got sprayed with vomit. The other end got sprayed with the most vile, noxious diarrhea spray you have ever come in contact with in your life. And I just shut the door and stepped back out of the porch. And I remember I, I had my cell phone. I picked up the phone. I called Duff. I said, I need, I, I need you to come over right, right now. I need some help big time. And he's like, what's wrong? And I said, I'll tell you when you get here. And I knew if I told him then, there's no way he'd show up. <laughs> and so, we wouldn't be friends now. <laughs> so he, he got there and he walked up on the porch and he's like, what's the, whoa, what's that smell? And I was like, the dog exploded on the couch and we got to get the couch out of here. The problem was though that you had to, you had to turn the couch a little bit to get it out of the door, but there was still slushing going on on the couch right there it was, was still, live yeah, it was completely live it was like completely it was, there was live. no no hardness to it it no, was still it, had, it was still and it was dripping everywhere so we end up it probably took us the better part of an hour to move this couch 45 feet <laughs> it was it, it was that noxious and we got the, we got the damn thing out on the curb and went back in and, and i forget what we used to try to clean the floor but when we came back out Gasoline. an hour later, the couch was gone. Diarrhea and vomit all over it. And someone yeah. had come and picked the couch up, took yeah, it off. They just threw it in the back of the truck I mean, or car or whatever and just ran with it. You know, it I'm was, like, man, they have no idea what they just got themselves into. Yeah. yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> that, that, was, uh, that was a memorable yeah. That was a memorable moment. I think I said, don't you ever do that to me again. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was quite the time, needless to say. Hold on. So you just mentioned that you walked across the stage with your nursing degree? Yeah. Yes. Um, in 2008, uh, when everything crashed, I was, I was doing plumbing in, um, in Lakeland there. Uh, actually, when I was doing commercial, just like I do for you guys. Uh, I lived in Lakeland for seven years. I did three, three schools. An elementary, a middle, and a high school. Um, and, uh, but then everything stopped because I was on the commercial side. It, it didn't affect me at first. They're like, okay, no more houses are being built. You know, there's no more new construction or whatever. So the residential plumbing guys, they, they got it first, uh, hit really hard. And then it took about, I'd say eight months to a year before the commercial side actually felt it because the last school actually... Uh, we were working on the fourth school, and it was out in Dade City, uh, Florida. And we were literally about 40 to 50% done with that school, and funding was pulled. And everything stopped. And at the time, like right before that happened, I, the company that I worked for, we probably had, it wasn't that big. We may have had... 25 30 employees you know nothing like we got going on here um but over over the weeks you just saw it dwindling down you know what i mean but because of you know what i did there like what i do for you guys you know run the larger commercial jobs um it took it took a while and then i think whenever i got 
laid off um, at that point. It was the two owners and three mechanics or, wow. or lead guys. You know what I mean? And the two lead guys in front of me had worked for that company for 20 years. So I knew I was next. You know what I mean? I, you'd right. see people yeah. falling off, you know, and, you, you, and they did everything they could. Like, we didn't do any service whatsoever. The owners just didn't like it. I, didn't, I think that was their downfall because, I mean, that's just it's pure money. You know, that, I mean, that's, it is what it is. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, you have nothing invested. You know, you don't have all of this material that you have to, you know, account yep. for. You know, all of that. Uh, zero overhead on, on, on service. So um, everything is bought and paid for by the customer immediately. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so that happened. And I was like, first time I've ever drawn unemployment. Um, and I... I was doing that. My wife uh, worked for um, financial advisor um, that only worked with doctors. So she had, you know, they were solid because doctors always have right. work. You yep. know what I mean? So she, she supported us while um, I went to school. And um, I, we looked into like the community colleges and like uh, to, because I quit high school whenever I was 16. Like the day I turned 16, I turned in my books and then I went, you know what I mean? I got my GED and I was done with that. Um, so me at this point being uh, 33, 33 years old, I was like, what am I going to do? You know what I mean? So I was like, all right, a lot of my family are in the medical field. <clears throat> Um, so I grew up around it. I had a little bit of knowledge about it and I was like, okay, I, you know, I can, I can do that. Um, checked around to, because I only had a GED, I couldn't just go to, you know, like a state college. I had to start at a, uh, at a community college. Well, they had like a two year wait for their nursing programs. So I was like, what, you know? And I found a private school, um, private college there in Lakeland. Uh, it was only a Florida based school. They had like seven or nine locations, something like that. And I went, uh, went and talked to them and there was zero weight. It was three times more, 10 times more, probably not even three times more, probably 10 times more. Um, but my rationale was I'll be graduating before I would even get to go to school. Yep. You know what I mean? So I chose that route. Um, graduated, got my nursing degree, and right about that time, magically the industry picked back up, and I was like, I don't like to work inside. I like working outside. You know what I mean? I've always worked outside. So do you still have a degree? Do you keep up with the yeah. advice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. still keep yeah. it active? Yeah. Yeah, my, yeah, um, it's, I, uh, like, my dad is a uh, general contractor in Wilmington. So, I, you know, I grew up doing construction. Um, I will always have that degree to fall back on, you know what I mean? It's just kind of like insurance in your back pocket. Um, but, I, I mean, I love doing what I do. I mean, and people don't realize the, they're just like, oh, no, you just don't just go in here and run some pipes. You know what I mean? It's, it's not like, especially the jobs that, 
that I do. Um, it's there's so many moving parts, <clears throat> especially in these old remodels like this, because there's so much you can or cannot do structurally that you know that hinders you in a lot of avenues that you try to do things. And um, but um, I've always loved to do plumbing, and um, and I I won't I won't ever you know unless something crazy happens you know with our economy again <coughs> Biden uh, then then I won't be a nurse you know what I mean right I but I have it yeah so well that's good I mean I'm glad you have kept up with it yeah yeah and that's something I mean you know that's Something great to have. Gotta have something. Yeah. yeah. I don't. <laughs> I reckon. I'm, I'm stuck here, so. <laughs> I'm just going down with the ship if it gets that bad. <laughs> well, uh, I'll teach you CPR, you'll be fine. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> so, how'd you get to Asheville? Mm. Uh, long, long journey. We don't have enough time for that because then I gotta go to work tomorrow. But, um, I, uh, so me and my wife we left san diego moved to florida that's where her mom is, was at uh they are from my wife's family is from west texas um but her mom through nursing went um she you know did she worked in texas forever but then um she did a couple travel stints and and you know moved around a little bit and um and they bought some property sight unseen in uh, in Florida, and they moved out there, and then they lived there for a couple years. And we, um, thank you, and we went, uh, we moved there, um, and we lived there for seven years, and we had our daughter there, um, and. Then we moved back to my hometown in Wilmington, and um, it, um, not to get into their business, but her mom went through a divorce, so she came with us from Florida to Wilmington. And uh, we, uh, she, you know, she's a nurse also, so she, you know, started working in Wilmington as a nurse, and then I started working for my dad. Um, doing remodels and stuff on houses and um we started looking for property because like for so long like me and my wife have always been so like-minded to the point where um we were cognizant of everything that's been going on you know with the state of affairs you know in our country how you know it, it ebbs and flows and how you know, one year you, you, you can be completely wealthy with what you do. And then the next year you're going to be broke, you know, and it's just, and that's, that just flows with our government as far as, you know, how much they tax you from year to year and, you know, how all that stuff goes. And so we, we've always wanted to be self-sufficient, you know what I mean? And so we started looking for property, <clears throat> not in Wilmington because, even even at that point, I think there was inside the city limits of Wilmington, there was only like 10% of the, 
of land in the city limits of Wilmington that was even able to be developed. That's how much that town has grown. Yep. There's nothing there. Um, nothing but business and, and neighborhoods and apartment complexes. You know, there's no, there's no more developable, uh, developable land in Wilmington anymore. So we were going right outside um, towards the Topsail area, never into Brunswick County, like I said earlier. But uh, Pinner County, you know, but every, we spent like six months every Saturday and Sunday just going looking at land, looking at land, looking at land. And you, everything, a lot of people don't know this, but everything just inland from Wilmington is below sea level. Like the coast is above sea level. But when you go inland, you know, 20, 40, even up to 100 miles, that's below sea level. So all the land that we found there, we would have to bring in, you know, you know, so much dirt to build it up, to be able to get a septic on it, get it to perk. You know what I mean? It's just, it, it wasn't ideal. And then um, this would have been the Obama era. So it would have, everything was increasing the the values of these lands that were that really had no value because if you were to come in and build a neighborhood or even like uh like a like a 10 house neighborhood you'd have to bring in like a million yards of dirt you know what i mean to build this up to be able to put this but then in 30 years their houses would just sink which is happening all over the place there but so we started looking for land and we couldn't find any and we came up here to the uh um what's the the place that's just east of here the um there's a koa up there and it's got like a big old lake what's it black uh black mountain so we came up here to like a little and it was like february a little mini vacation to to black mountain just to get away from land hunting every weekend you know what i mean and while we were up here um enjoying that um I, out of habit, I just went on Craigslist just to see what was available in this area. So, um, 30 miles west of here is a town called Waynesville, um, Haywood County, a little bit better than Buncombe County. Um, and we found some land there that was actually that even there now, uh, this day you could not buy land as cheap as we got it there. Yeah. And so we, uh, we bought, um, we signed a contract on the land and drove back to Wilmington, bought a 36 foot travel trailer, a camper, um, brought it up here, put it on a campground that was a quarter mile down the road from our property um, and started building a house. And, uh, and then five years later, we got the CEO on a house that me and my wife built ourselves. We didn't sub anything. We built it all. And, uh, and well, we put that camper on the property. We, we were at the campground for about six or eight months. I can't remember how long. Um, put the camper on the property and, um, and then started building away. And uh, it's been awesome. I mean, we're... Goats, pigs, 
chickens, the whole nine. You know what I mean? I've got enough property um, to to grow anything I want. You know, to be as self sufficient as I want. You know, our, our goal. Um, so finally making it at almost fifty. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I'll be 48 next month. So, yeah, but it's, I mean, it is what it is. If you want something, you just got to get after it. You yeah. know, that's, that's, just don't quit. I mean, that's all I do. Just don't quit. You know, has it, has part of that sucked? Yes, of course. I'd say 60% of it sucked. You know what I mean? But, uh, but you know, now we're in, you know, we can see, we can see the finish line, you know, the marathon is almost over. But the thing about having a, you know, a self-sufficient property is the race is never over. You know what I mean? Right. Well, no, Eventually I, I will be able to retire, but I will still work every day until I die on that property to be self-sufficient. Right. So, so then I'm assuming I'm not going to ask you the question of why Asheville, because you just answered all that. Um, and so I'm assuming outside of work, what, do y'all slaughter your own hogs and everything? Um, the last run we did not, uh, this year or this next run, uh, we will, um, we do all our own chickens, um, put them in the freezer. Uh, we're, my wife is a little bit more driven on all the animals but i i like to take things you know in smaller steps um but uh so like we have we have chickens goat goats and pigs um and um i mean growing up in eastern north carolina pork is i mean that that's what you eat you know what i mean like you go to the grocery store in eastern north carolina there is like a mile of pork products and then like a 10 foot section of beef, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, they're from Texas. So they're beef, you know what I mean? And, but I turned them on to pork and, uh, especially that Eastern North Carolina vinegar sauce. Um, and they love it. And, um, but so, I mean, you know, that's just what we're trying to do. If you can, if you can not give somebody else your money, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Then you have more money for you. You know, so we try to. So you you you're buying feed, I'm assuming. Um, not as much as people would think because we have we have a little bit of property, so you know all of our all of our stuff you know free ranges. So okay, it's we yep. don't have to buy like if you just had like a ten by twenty you know yard for your chickens or you know yep. pigs or whatever then yeah you got to feed them a lot but we've got you know we've got a little bit of land not nothing like what you got sap here uh i'm jealous of this property by the way but um but yeah we you know we don't have to do as much we do have to buy some feed but still right you know and as we develop more only half of our land is even developed you know we still have half of our land is still completely wooded so we will, you know, slowly thin out the trees, try to do like a silver pasture type of deal where you still got some trees, yep. you still have some pasture, you know what I mean? 
you know, and that'll, that'll help out a lot. And then you can just rotate your animals through. So while one area is growing up, they're eating a different area and then you just cycle them through and, and try to maintain that as best as possible. You know? Yep. So what drives you? Why do you get up every day and do what you do, do it as well as you do it? Um, at my family, like hands down, you know, my family, um, was not the case whenever I was younger, you know, um, whenever I was younger, it was me, 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 me. And I'll tell you what, if you are a person that is like that, uh, most people don't even know they're like that. You know what I mean? Um, the hardest thing to do is look in on yourself. You know what I mean? So, um, but it, 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 you will not succeed if you are me, 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 you won't. No matter how, no matter what you do, how hard you you try, it, it's not going to happen. Um, my my girls, my wife, you know, they're that's it. I mean, I, I mean that's that's the only reason why I, I do this. Don't you like to see me in the morning? I do like to see you in the morning, Pat. <laughs> I do. You are the highlight of my day. <laughs> Uh, you are, um, actually I got a big material list for you later anyways, uh, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I've learned throughout my life that all those people that you hang out with and that have quote unquote got your back and all that, that, that's not how it is. The only people that are ever going to be there for you are your family. And, and it took me a long time to realize that, but once I did, um, that is a hundred percent of my focus. And if God help anybody that gets in the way, you know, a funny story about you is you've been here almost two years and, and you know, the reason, one of the reasons we're doing this is because of retaining employees, Mm -hmm. you know, building culture, that kind of thing. And you came into my office and said, um, I need a job. I can plumb. I can do whatever you got. Um, I'd like to start tomorrow. I don't remember what you said. It was like it was pretty blunt. But, yeah. And we hadn't had anybody in here, and you know, at that point in time, probably a year and a half. You know, we've had people in here, but nobody that. Right. Um, and I think I left you in here and went and got him, and I was like, man, we got we got a plumber in here. <laughs> I was like, what, decent, do you, what do you want to do? Decent plumber. <laughs> He said, we're hiring. I said, well, I don't, we got to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I remember we were talking at this, uh, at, it was situated a little bit different, but we were talking at your desk and, uh, and you were like, don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. And I was like, don't go anywhere. I came here looking for a job. And then you, you got to the door and you turned around and you're like, I'm serious. Don't go anywhere. And I was like, all right. <laughs> if you knew. <laughs> oh, I get it. I know what turnaround's like. That's for sure. I mean, my uh, dad being a general contractor, I mean, it, oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So no, I, I appreciate you coming. I mean, obviously showing up that day and then, uh, you, you were what you said you are. So that's been, yeah. that's been great. Well, know? yeah. I mean, I told you, I mean, you can't, you can show up somewhere and be like, I can do this, this, and this. But I mean, people don't understand that 
in reality, they're going to know within four hours on the job whether you're BS or whether you are telling the truth. You know what I mean? I mean, you cannot fake it for more than a couple hours. Because just by talking to somebody, you know, you'd be like, go get me this or, you know, let's look for this or whatever. And then they're like, what, what, what is that? And you're like, okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, it's been great. And, uh, hopefully then you say you're going to retire here. I am going to retire from TBI. All right. I, man, I've worked all over. I've done plumbing all over this country. Um, the Northeast out West. I never worked in the Midwest area. Um, I wanted to stay away from all those cornfields, but, uh, and and then the all over the southeast, um, and I in the two years that I've been here, I can say that I've never been treated better. I any any time any one of you guys, the Howards or any you know uh, Nate, a- anybody that has said I'm gonna do this, it's happened. You know what I mean? Like whether it's a raise or having my material or you know no matter what if i ask for it it has always been there and um um i love it here you know what i mean it's it is a big company you know we've got a lot of employees we've got four different divisions um we do a lot of work but it's i mean it's it's run like a family business and you don't get that i've worked for companies that were this big that were so corporate that I mean you had to get permission to from corporate to go to the bathroom you know what I mean it's just you're you're just so handcuffed you know what I mean but if you work in here if you come in if you come in and say I can do this and you show that you can do this then there you guys put that trust you know, yeah, I mean, that's on, that's on me. There's no micromanaging here for sure. Right. It's, it's just yeah. like, yeah, you know, I hadn't seen you in a while until yeah. I saw you last Thursday, yeah. you know, which is, I'm glad you walked out when you did, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I think he's walking out that you supported John. I'm like, hey, okay, yeah. I saw you at my job. Here. I was like, what is, what is Josh Howard doing at my job? What did I mess up now? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, if there's a problem, you're going to know it, and it's going to be fixed before we get up here to look at it, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call you and tell you, hey, fix it. And most of them don't. Most people call and whine, I messed up. Well, you shouldn't even tell them you should have fixed it. Or they just try to hide it, you know, and that doesn't help anybody because you're putting yourself behind, you're putting other trades behind, you know what I mean? It, it, it don't work. It just doesn't work. Or you could have Derek come in and just cuss everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's one job that I do not want is Derek's job. Uh, I do not want to be a project manager. Well, you got to be here for 35 years to get Derek's job. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want to, jump, to hop in a truck every morning with a list of 20 jobs that I've got to go to to make sure that they're running properly. And not be able to put my hands on. Well, tools. he can't even write that list. Is the problem? <laughs> but but <laughs> these hands, these hands are made for tools. Um, so just run your crew. That's you know? yeah. All you need is a crew, and I can send you anywhere, and you're good. Yeah, yeah. I've got a great crew. 
Um, we've done this entire job. We've been on this job since last February. Yep. Um, I've done this entire job with a four-man crew. And that's only because it's an old historic building and it's moved a lot slower than most yep. jobs do. New construction jobs don't move the no. slow. Um, I would normally need at least four more guys on a regular job that size. Ten, a 10-person crew. Right, kind of yeah, yeah. To, uh, to get that done. but it, it, And it's mostly just because the engineering and trying to... I mean that building looks like Swiss cheese. I mean they I mean they cut like forty something windows, you know, into a building that didn't have any windows on the on one side, you know what I mean? And then we've had to you know, all the trades have had to drill holes. I had we did six hundred plus holes, you know, just for piping in that building. Yeah. Uh, you know, drilling through concrete. And, and, and some of them are, some of them are, you know, two foot thick. You know what I mean? You got to be worried about a building that old falling down, but, uh, we didn't put that elevator, it was elevator shaft, right? Oh yeah, that's right. They had to cut out the entire middle of the building. I was pretty sure that building wasn't going to be there. Yeah, me too. Yeah. They cut out the entire middle of the building and built, uh, three elevators and a stairwell shaft in the middle. And, um... And it's still there. Nothing cracked either. I would say good old American craftsmanship from nineteen twenty-three. When I so the last thing when I think about a hundred years ago, I think of like nineteen hundred to eighteen hundreds, right? Right. Can you believe nineteen twenty-three is a hundred years ago now? I know. I know. That, yeah. All right. So appreciate you being here. Appreciate everything you do. This concludes. You're going to have to run me off. The Otis Podcast. You've been listening to the Fullport Podcast with Josh Howard and Nate Wyatt. Find us on social media like Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Just search TP Howard Plumbing. Make sure to click the follow button on the podcast and give it a five-star rating if you like what you hear. 